Ah, uh, Casey, are you here? I'm here. What's up? Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> well, heathens, today we have a lot of rules for priests, and you know how priests are. They all they're all about the red tape, and boy, do we have some red tape for you today. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So first off, we're going to talk about how there's no necrophilia, even though the priests really want it. It causes your <laughs> dick to become unclean, and you can't have that when you're in the house of the Lord. you got to have that clean dick. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, the priests have to have a holy appearance, right? So um, there's no emo priests allowed. F- fucking knock that shit off, okay? priests um also you profane god when you cut off those nice little jew curls god has to have handlebars in order to fuck you in the ass proper and <laughs> uh, uh, then uh, apparently there's um something about non-approved marriages there's no prostitutes or divorced women just the women though the men uh, you can be divorced and, and shit or have multiple wives it doesn't really fucking matter harlot daughters for the priests i mean apparently the harlot you got to burn them slutty ass priest daughters i don't know why i mean they put out right <laughs> uh and then you got the 420 blaze it priests you know the high priests um oh, God. there's <laughs> Uh, there's, uh, oh, no hulking out. You can't hulk out and rip your clothes off, okay? None of that shit. Knock it off. And then there's, uh, you also have to have straight hair. You can't be around dead bodies. Uh, no unclean shit. You gotta have that clean shit around you all the time. Also, you gotta have a virgin wife, which I have to say is pretty damn lucky for them priests. What? Well, because of the value that they put on virginity in their society. Uh Uh-huh. Not that I would want a virgin bride. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, uh, Aaron and um, <laughs> a- apparently some blemished people or something like that. Like there can't be any defects in the priesthood. If you have a defect, you like a like a club foot or a hump. You can't have any food <laughs> or you can't get near the curtains or the altars. Now they're very particular about that kind of shit. Okay. Also, if you got an infectious disease, knock that shit off. Don't touch their shit. Okay. Outsiders, you too, you can fuck off. All right. Now the priests, <laughs> he can't read his own handwriting. It's an engineer. Yes. It's en- engineering. Handwriting. Thank you. honey. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know. Something about unclean day litter food. You can't eat it or something. I don't know. Uh, and then there's a sabbatical year where it's a, there's, they give the land a Sabbath rest, which uh, something I'm sure it's about the number seven. And then there's a year of Jubilee where you're just pretty much lazy fucking Jews the entire time. Um, and then there's, uh, apparently that, that, uh, the Jubilee year after that, there's magical plants. That produce a whole bunch of food. Um, and then there's, you can't sell land. And then basically the rest of it is basically Jew property management. So there you go. <laughs> there's the entire, the entire thing today in four minutes. That was, it started off not bad. And then I don't know what the fuck happened, but here we are. The Bible happened. Yeah. That's what happened, honey. The Old Testament. Yeah. I'm telling you. What's up, heathens? How y'all doing? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, hey, Casey, how you doing? I'm good, G. Yeah. How uh, are you? Pretty good. Now, uh, could have gotten some things wrong in the first four minutes of this. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, so, uh, we're going to go through it today. Um, I'm not too far off on some of this shit. 
I did take some liberties, but Casey's going to be here to correct us. So yeah. uh, everybody, shh, the story's starting with all the blue and red tape. <laughs> Okay, so most of today is going to come from Leviticus. We've got a little bit of Exodus up in here, um, but but pretty much everything is going to be from Leviticus. So we're going to be talking about rules for priests. Leviticus, the most liturgic liturgic <laughs> uh-huh. of books. Yeah, is that is that the correct way to say that word? Sure. You know where it's co- of concerning law or whatever. Yes, it is concerning law. But is, is that liturgy? <laughs> you L- know, liter- L- <laughs> you were on Jeffrey? the you were on the non sequitur show the other day with that. Um, the urine guy, the piss advocate guy. Yeah. And you know it's interesting because he said that the Old Testament of the Bible, because remember he claimed not to be religious, right. but the Old Testament of the Bible is not a religious book; it is a law book. Oh, it's liturgic as fuck. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm saying that word right, but we're <laughs> going to go with it. Liturgic. Liturgic. Okay. So priests have, the, you know, there's lots of rules for priests. God is really particular about his priests. First of all, we all know because we've, you know, been going through this, that they all have to come from Aaron's descendants. But besides that, there's a whole bunch of other shit that you need to know. All right. So God tells Moses, speak to the priest, the son of Aaron, and say to them, a priest must not make himself ceremonially unclean for any of his people who die, except for a close relative, such as his mother or father, his son or daughter, his brother, or an unmarried sister who is dependent on him since she has no husband. For for her, he may make himself unclean. He must not make himself unclean for people related to him by marriage, so it defiles him. You know, it just seems like they're like, ugh, dead bodies. Yeah, you're not uh, allowed not, to touch them. I'm not going to touch that. God doesn't like it, okay? So... <laughs> well, this is actually a good rule. Like, I, the reason that they say not to do it is ridiculous because God says so, but, but generally speaking... There's a lot of plague going on at this time, right? There are a lot of plagues that go on and sickness that's rampant. They don't know how to make shit better. So when people die of diseases that you can catch from, you know, touching, um, it's good practice for them not to touch the dead bodies. Well, yeah, but it's it's only forbidden for the priests and and True. not and not the regular folk. So, I mean, it's the regular folk that have to deal with the dead bodies and get the diseases and shit. Well, that's true, and that's because the priests are above the rest of the people. They're a higher class of citizenry. Well, well, I'm yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying like it's kind of odd how the people that are spouting what God is telling them are the ones that are protected from like diseases and shit. Of I mean, of course. We know they wrote this shit for their own benefit. They don't have to work that much, you know, like they don't have to work the fields or do anything like that. Everything gets brought to them. They get given gold and food and flour and breads and everything, and they don't have to do anything. So, I mean, the whole system is set up for the priests. Yeah. Okay. So they also have to make sure that they appear um, more dignified than other people, right? So they're not allowed to shave their heads. Um, And I think one of the reasons why they're not allowed to fully shave their heads is because that was an Egyptian thing. And so they don't, that's, 
you know, obviously for them, bad. Um, they can't shave off the edges of their beards or cut their bodies in any way. <laughs> yeah, this is where God has to have those Jew curls as handlebars so yeah. he can really get a good <laughs> fuck. I mean, he's got to get good leverage on them so he can like, you know, fuck them in the ass. I mean, that's I mean, they got to they got to bend down and pray and get in that ass down or ass up, face ass up, down. face down, ass up position. Yeah. To be plowed by God <laughs> with his glory. <laughs> OK, Um. so priests also can only marry certain people Um. for the most part. I think most people are okay, right? I mean, obviously, they're not going to be allowed to marry the gays, but that's not in this book. Um, well, that's not right now. Um, I mean, you stone the gays in this book. Yes. So you can't marry women who have been defiled by prostitution or divorcees. Well, female women who have been divorced from their husbands. Um, so, and, you know, it goes on because priests are holy to their God, regard them as holy because they offer up the food of your God. Consider them holy because I am Lord. I, the Lord am holy. I who make you holy. You know, we got to go through the whole God is great bullshit again. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Oh, gross. That just cringed me like, mm. Mm -mm. I don't know. The circular logic of that works better than any Michelin out there. <laughs> so if a priest has harlot daughters who have defiled themselves by becoming a prostitute, oh. they disgrace their father and they have to be burned in the fire. Damn. You yep. know, you know, there was a girl that uh, I went to high school with. She was a slutty priest daughter. Yeah. Yeah. They say watch out for those preacher's kids. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know personally that she was slutty, but I'm I'm just saying she wasn't she, she was vocal about it. <laughs> she was vocal <laughs> about it. Um, you know, it's interesting because they don't actually address women who have slept with other people um not as prostitutes. Like so they're allowed it seems like they'd be allowed to marry non-virgin women not the priests get married to them but like the priests performing marriages with men for men to women who have been with other men that doesn't seem to be against the rules well um true but i i think that their whole definition of what prostitution is uh, or you know adultery or whatnot would probably encompass those yeah, those I'm, women i'm wondering if prostitution would include just sleeping with another guy yeah i, I mean I'm, I'm thinking so because i mean we get it we also have to keep in mind we're working with a translation here true and so I'm wondering if, if maybe what they really meant was sluts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just wondering if like their concept of prostitution or whatnot back then would encompass women that just freely slept with other people. Because, I mean, you got you got to you got to think. I mean, it's kind of uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a fine line there because, I mean, prostitution, you're getting some kind of compensation for it. Whereas the other one you're just doing it because you want to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I could see it being a, a, a fine, nuanced line for the Jewish people to lump them all together. Well, yeah, I think so. And it might leave it open to where they could decide whether or not they wanted to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain. I yeah. mean, they, they don't like the hose in that particular society. <laughs> okay, so now priests have different rules from other people, right? And and I mean, obviously, we're we're going through those, but the high priests, like... Ooh, the 420 blaze it no, priests. No, not, no, not those. That's not what that means. But, but they're high. 
No. The high priests are priests who have been anointed by the anointing oil and who have been ordained to wear the priestly garments. Not all of the priests have been anointed by the holy oil and wear the holy garments. You know, there's only one thing that I think of when you say the holy oil. <laughs> okay. God's come, his glory. Come oh. on now. <laughs> well, I thought his glory was his dick. Well, I mean, you know, the the, glo- the glory juice. <laughs> God. That's what the anointing oil is from now on. Glory F- juice. FYI, I got in the cabinet this weekend to get a little cup. Um, of glory juice. The boy, the boy was here. Uh, John's kid was here and he was having to take some allergy medicine and it's a syrup and he's got to, of course, chase it with something because it tastes bad. So I was going in the cabinet to get a little like juice cup, you know, so to put some water in so he would have something to drink after he took his medicine. And I happened across a cup that had written on it in Sharpie, Jesus come. Future video, people. Past video. You did this for <laughs> you. Not not for YouTube. Oh, you God, did it. giving away the whole oh, timeline, aren't you? Sorry. Well, I mean, I don't know what you've edited up and not. You did that one a long time ago. Well, I, this week, Facebook. this week was your, your, the week of your, um, your birthday went up. Oh, so you're still working on videos from January? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm numbering in the seventies. Oh my God. Okay. So, so GE will be having a video come out where he drinks Jesus come. spoiler alert (laughs) okay so the high priests who have been anointed by the oil and wear the priestly garments they are not allowed to enter a place where there is a dead body um they can't let their hair become um become unkempt and they can't tear their clothes which i believe is where the hawking no uh, yeah well okay listen okay god does god wants to be the one to tear your clothes off and butt fuck you with the jew curls so i mean that's just how he rolls and you got to be okay with it if you're going to be a priest can that be the last time we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, also the priest is not allowed to make himself unclean, even for his father or mother, nor leave the sanctuary of his God or desecrate it because he has been dedicated by the anointing oil of his God. I am the Lord. I don't understand why he has to keep saying that. Um, well, I mean, repetition is how they learn and how you indoctrinate people. So if you keep saying that. Yeah, it's a lot. I am the yeah. Lord. He is everywhere. Okay. So not only those, you know, general rules, he, the woman that a priest marries, a high priest, the woman that a high priest marries has to be a virgin. He's not allowed to marry a widow, a divorced woman, or a woman who has been defiled by prostitution, but only a virgin and only a virgin from his own people. You got to imagine, like, did they have like a little Romeo and Juliet kind of story going on where a high priest was wanting to, you know, get with the slutty priest daughter? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) It's like, I see your little, uh, what's it? What's a Jewy woman name? My God. I don't know. (laughs) Isabel. Isabel over there is looking mighty cute. (laughs) Isabel. Is Isabel a Jewish traditional name? I don't know. I just made one up. How Anyways. about Sarah? I mean, there's a Sarah in the Bible. Sarai. Sarai. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so also the blemished are not allowed to serve as priests. So 
we all know that Aaron's descendants, generations of Aaron's descendants are supposed to be the the priests or the Jewish, the rabbis. Um, but here, here's the problem is that anyone who is born with any kind of defect, it well, not, it, not any kind of defect, but I'm going to tell you the defects that are not allowed, okay? So people who have men, men who are born with these things or have these things are not allowed to be priests. You ready? Yes, shoot. Okay, so no man who has any defect may come near, no man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed, no man with a crippled foot or hand, who is hunchbacked or dwarfed. What the fuck does this asshole have against short people? (laughs) No shorties, okay? That's what's on God's door. (laughs) Also, no one who has any eye defect or who has festering or running sores or damaged testicles. Uh, no descendant of Aaron, the priest, who has any defect is to come near the near to present the offerings made to the Lord by fire. He has a defect. He must not come near to offer the food of his God. He may eat the most holy food of his God as well as the holy food. I don't know why it keeps saying that. Um, but because of his defect, he's not allowed to go near the curtain or approach the altar because it will desecrate his sanctuary. I am the Lord who makes them holy. I'm sure you are. (laughs) Uh, The unclean are also not allowed to touch the priests. All right. So they have to, the priests can be made unclean. And, and if they're made unclean and then they go to the sanctuary, they're desecrating, you know, God's shit. So he's not allowed to eat the sacred offerings until he's cleansed because it will profane God's holy name. I am the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) We should have, you know, if we had done a drinking game just with today's for how many I am the Lords there are uh-huh. in this section, we would die. I agree. Yes. Okay. For the generations to come, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean and yet comes near the sacred offerings that the Israelites consecrate to the Lord, that person must be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. Oh, damn. That is some serious <laughs> shit. Shunning and stuff. Shunning. If a descendant of Aaron has an infectious skin disease or a bodily discharge, he may not eat the sacred offerings until he is cleansed. He will also be unclean if he touches something defiled by a corpse or by anyone who has an emission of semen. Or if he touches... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did, did they literally just say, if y'all have any cum on your clothes, y'all get the fuck out of here. Or on your hands. Or, uh, yeah, like, anything, yeah, any clothes, did, blankets, anything that has semen on it. I mean, do they have people that just play with semen, like, out in the road or something? I should hope not. They're not allowed. <laughs> it's like, where'd you get that semen, boy? I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, If he touches anything crawling that makes him unclean or any person who makes him unclean, whatever the uncleanness may be, the one who touches any such thing will be unclean until evening. But then apparently you're not unclean after evening. Okay, listen, definitely if you come and it starts crawling away, see a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Okay. Uh, He must not eat any of the sacred offerings unless he has bathed himself with water. When the sun goes down, he will be clean. And after that, he may eat the sacred offerings for they are his food. He must not eat anything found dead or torn by wild animals and so become become unclean through it. I am the Lord. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't eat roadkill either, but, you know, there are people out there that do it. What do you mean you won't eat roadkill? You from Alabama. You know what? We should have picked up that armadillo I killed the other day. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I did. No, no, honey, we shouldn't have picked up the roadkill armadillo you ran over with your tire. (laughs) But but I had just gotten a car wash and we had stuff to make soup. Uh, What the fuck? (laughs) Armadillo soup? We live in Alabama. Aren't we supposed to, like, blend? No, no, that's not blending, honey. If oh. you want to blend with the armadillo roadkill, you need to go out to the boonies, okay? That's like Decatur and shit. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so the priests are to keep God's requirements so that they do not become guilty and die for treating him with contempt. I am the Lord who makes them holy. Well, of course you are, Lord. All right. We have one more rule here about the priests. Uh, No one outside of a priest's family may eat the sacred offering, nor may the guest of a priest or his hired worker eat it. But if a priest buys a slave with money, or if a slave is born into his household, that slave may eat his food. If a priest's daughter marries anyone other than a priest, she may not eat any of the sacred contributions. But if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or is divorced yet has no children and she returns to live in her father's house as in her youth she may eat of her father's food again Uh, no unauthorized person however may eat any of it if anyone eats a sacred offering by mistake he must make restitution to the priest for the offering and add a fifth of the value to it the priest must not desecrate the sacred offerings of the israelites presented to the lord by allowing them to eat the sacred offerings and so bring upon them guilt requiring payment i am the lord who makes them holy i i, I can only imagine that he makes them holy with his holy juice <laughs> 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 this is the holy juice filled episode. I thought we called, I thought it was glory juice. Glory juice. Holy juice, glory juice. I mean, he's a little, you know. Juicy? Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of juices. <laughs> gross. This is just gross. Okay. So are you ready to move on to the sabbatical year? Oh, yes. This is the year where they take, they take some time off from teaching because they fucked that one student. Mm, no. 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 They're not ashamed of fucking the students here, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> So in addition to your weekly Sabbath, you know, you have the work six days, rest on the Sabbath. Uh You also have a sabbatical year. So the Lord told Moses on Mount Sinai, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land, I am going to give you the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord for six years. sow your fields and for six years, prune your vineyards and gather crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a Sabbath of rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your manservant and maidservant and the hired worker and any temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces itself may be eaten. Um so basically you're just not allowed it's it's to give the land rest from being overworked if it naturally grows some shit you can eat it but you can't have like mass producing of you can't plant anything yeah yeah i mean honestly this all just sounds like basic rules for a uh 
farming society. Well, yeah. Plus, in also in addition to having land, land having rest time, they also do crop rotation. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they do crop rotation here, but now you do crop rotation. So, like, if you grow corn in the fields one year, the next year you should grow soybeans, and then usually they rotate because certain things pull certain nutrients out of the soil that other things put in. And so you have to rotate crops that are compatible in that way so that whatever the corn pulls out of the soil, the soybeans are going to put it back in. And so that's why they rotate every other year. Right. Uh, I mean, it's basic farming, like 101 yeah, shit. Yeah, but here what they do instead, and I mean, I don't know if they do crop rotation, but uh, here what they do instead is they, they use it for seven years and then they give it a year to rest to basically rejuvenate. Um, so also for six years, you are to sow your fields and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year, oh, this is, this is the verse from Exodus that basically reinforces the one we just read from Leviticus. Um, let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it. The wild animals may eat where, what they leave. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. Wait, the animals can eat what they leave the animals can eat what the poor people leave in the field oh okay i was thinking it was talking about animals eating their own shit only but okay (laughs) (laughs) you would think that (laughs) okay so now they also have a year of jubilee now a year of jubilee is every 50 years and it's a year-long celebration it starts with the day of atonement uh with the solemn blowing of trumpets and it is a holy year um, and it, like the sabbatical years, the land is to lie unused. Okay. So the, the year of Jubilee has, it, it, it goes along the concept of redemption. Um, you're, the slaves are set free. Property is, um, you know, rested. Like it's just basically a year of celebration where people just take a rest. Now, the interesting thing is it's on the 50th year because that is seven cycles of your that's your seven sabbatical cycles. You've got your right. sixth year, your seventh year. So seven times and then you go through that cycle seven times and then you have your year of Jubilee. Oh, and you start okay. Because so, seven times seven is, is 49, 49 and then one and then that's 50. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, basic math. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I also just love the fact that they are dedicated to this magic number thing in the Old Testament. I mean, you really have to do marvel at how many places they can interject these magical numbers like seven and three and shit. Yeah. So in Leviticus, they say count off seven Sabbaths of years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbaths of years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month on the Day of Atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each one of you is to return to his family property and each to his own clan. We need like a fucking checklist for this shit. I mean, do you think that they had checklists in the, in, in the community there? Just like, oh... Oh, is this the I, I, I've done? I've already forgotten like all the stipulations leading up to this, like the tenth day of the twelfth month of the third dick. Well, the priests were probably responsible for this. Well, yeah, I understand, <clears> but <throat> the priests had to have a checklist or something because well, yeah, there's no they way probably to remember had cal- this shit. They, I'm sure they had calendars to like figure out what they were supposed to do and where they were in the in the cycle. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they did. Yeah. Anyways, uh, continue. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the fiftieth year, the jubilee shall be a 
shall be a holy year. Um, do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest its the untended vines for it is a jubilee and it is to be a holy year for year for you eat only what is taken directly from the fields in the year of jubilee everyone is to return to his own property if you sell land to one of your countrymen or buy any from him do not take advantage of each other you are to buy from your countrymen on the basis of the number of years since the jubilee and he is to sell it to you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops when the years are many, you are to increase the price, and when the years are few, you are to decrease the price, because what he is really selling you is the number of crops. Do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord your God. So basically, you are not selling land for any, like, for permanence, right? And I think right. we're going to get to that. Um, and actually we'll just skip ahead to that and then we'll go back to this next section. So the land must not be sold permanently because the land is God's and the Israelites are, but aliens and God's tenants. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Aliens. You mean like the little gray and green guys? No, no. The reptilians? Nope. The other kind. Uh, Mexicans? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. There are no Mexicans in Israel, John. (laughs) (laughs) so basically you buy the land until the next jubilee and then you go the fuck back to your own land and then you come back whenever you're ready and you buy new land and you may buy the same land but you're only getting it it's you're only getting land throughout by the 50 year jubilee cycle oh okay all right <clears throat> so I, I gotta love all of this red tape surrounding fucking uh, worshiping this particular god. I mean, you know, Christians normally boil down like worshiping God to, well, you just gotta suck Jesus dick and admit that you're sinful, fuck, and then you're in heaven. And the go Jews go to church on Sunday. Go to church on Sunday, and then the Jews are just like, well, listen, we've got a fifty-page book here of all the rituals you gotta do. Plus, you gotta wag your dick at a goat. So. <laughs> Well, it's just interesting that God cares so much about how they sell the land. (laughs) It's very specific. Can you imagine getting sent to the bad side of Sheol because like like, you fucking didn't do a land deal correctly? I mean, God is just like, get on to the shitty side of it. I saw you did dirty on that land deal. Yeah, it's very, it is oddly specific. It's very strange. So... Um, follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws and you will live safely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in. So magically, the plants are going to yield more on year six than any other year. Enough to get you through to year nine. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, it's 
plants magically producing more than they should. So it's fucking weird. It, it's it, a I mean, blessing. It it's not magic, John. It's a blessing. No, this is this is fucking magical shit. Okay, don't let anybody <laughs> tell you otherwise. This is magical fucking shit. I mean, they had a problem like, oh, we could take a year off, but then you know what? What about food for the next year? Oh, well, the plants they'll overproduce. I know it because of fucking God. Oh, okay. Well, this goes against all of our bio biological like research into like farming and shit. Fuck it, you God. <laughs> How much agriculture research do you think these people did? They have experience with agriculture. Well, I mean, that's true. you can you can't you can't sit there and tell me that a farmer right then would know exactly how much to expect like his pumpkin crop to produce. I'm sh <laughs> I'm sure they planted pumpkins back then. Pumpkin is delicious. Yeah, well, I mean, I I can guarantee you the guy's going to be looking at that pumpkin crop and be like, oh, I don't think this is producing three times as much, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back onto property laws here. If if one of your countrymen becomes poor and sells some of his property, his nearest relative is to come and redeem what his countrymen sold. If, however, a man has no one to redeem it for him, but he himself prospers and acquires sufficient means to redeem it, he is to determine the value for the years since he sold it and refund the balance to the man to whom he sold it. He can then go back to his own property. But if he does not acquire the means to repay him, what he sold will remain in the possession of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. It will be returned in the year of Jubilee. He can then go back to his property. Okay. All right. Uh, regarding houses. If a man sells a house in a walled city, he retains the right of redemption a full year after its sale. During that time, he may redeem it. If he has not redeemed before a full year has passed, the house in the walled city shall belong permanently to the buyer and his descendants. It is not to be returned in the Jubilee, but houses and villages without walls around them are to be considered as open country. They can be redeemed and are to be returned in the year of Jubilee. So it's like there's a 30 days same as cash it. like <laughs> it's not really same as cash it's a 30 it's it's a a one-year return policy right yeah uh still the pedanticness of this god in the old testament it, it just I, I mean i'm left speechless because i don't know i don't know what to say to all of these just like i don't know bureaucratic red tape it's bizarre right stuff. well yeah i mean i don't know why this has to be in the book that's like true for all time and uh, is contains objective truth and shit yeah i don't know either um so rules for levites the levites ha always have the right to redeem their houses in the levitical towns which they possess so the property of the levites is redeemable that is a house sold in any town they hold uh, and is to be returned in the Jubilee. Okay. So the houses in the towns of the Levites are property among the Israelites, but the pastor land belonging to their towns must not be sold. It is their permanent possession. So the Levites can't sell or basically lease pastor land. Okay. okay. Uh, so this is going to, this next section is going to be talking about the releasing and the redemption of servants. Oh, oh, awesome. You mean slaves? Mm, well, we're going to talk about that. Oh, okay. Okay. If one of your countrymen becomes poor among you 
and sells himself to you. Do not make him work as a slave. So they're distinguishing the, these people from the slaves. They're different. <laughs> well, no, all it says is don't treat him as the slave, but he's still a slave. Well, no, don't make him work as a slave. He is to be treated as a hired worker or a temporary resident among you. He is to work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then he and his children are to be released and he will go back to his own clan and to the property of his forefathers. Because the Israelites are my servants, this is God speaking, of course, whom I brought out of Egypt, they must not be sold as slaves. Do not rule over them ruthlessly, but fear your God. Okay, uh, I guess this is setting the stage for like indentured servitude. I mean, that's what it sounds like here, which a lot of Christians like to uh, paint it as this is like what's mentioned as slavery, but it's painfully obvious how the Bible actually separates out the two different roles. Oh, yeah, definitely, because this this is talking here about Israelites who need to sell themselves into work because they're destitute. So this is talking about how the Israelites who sell themselves to you will work as hired hands and be released at the time of the Jubilee. Your slaves don't get that privilege. But, you know, them aliens, they sell themselves to you and you can just beat the fuck out of them, okay? <laughs> but not till they die. Well, not till they die, of course. I mean, mm -hmm. you still need them to do the back 40. Okay, so if an alien or temporary resident among you becomes rich and one of your countrymen becomes poor and sells himself to the alien living among you or to a member of the alien's clan, he retains the right of redemption after he has sold himself. So the Israelite can still redeem himself from an alien who does not practice their laws. Right. If one of his uh, one of his relatives may redeem him, an uncle or a cousin or any blood relative of his clan may redeem him. Or if he prospers, he may redeem himself. He and his buyer are to count the time from the year he sold himself up to the year of Jubilee. The price for his release is to be based on the rate paid to a hired man for that number of years. If many years remain, he must pay for his redemption on a larger share of the price paid for him. If only a few years remain until the year of Jubilee, he is to compute that and pay for his redemption accordingly. He is to be treated as a man hired from year to year. You must see to it that his owner does not rule over him ruthlessly. Even if he is not redeemed in any of these ways, he and his children are to be released in the year of Jubilee for the Israelites belong to me as my servants. They are my servants who I brought out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Yeah. And again, these are just this is just basic rules for the indentured servitude of people. I just think it's interesting how they talk about like computing like periods of, of servitude based on time time served versus the hourly rate, you know, time mm -hmm. served times the hourly rate or yearly rate or whatever. Like they're going through like accounting. Right. I mean, I, I just, super, I just imagine God up there with like one of those really old, I guess, what, is that a calculator that they, that the accountants work with? You, you do the, you do the, and you know, God's up there like, Oh, you, you did that one indentured ser servitude guy real dirty there buddy you're going to the bad side of sheol <laughs> I mean, you more, know the thing that i'm talking about yes the the more current versions of them are adding machines i don't know if those had a specific name that you're talking about the ones with the ting it does the little ching when you do yeah. it yeah i don't know if those had a and it's got the lever that you pull yeah. um to <clears throat> basically to shift down i don't know what those specifically were called the current 
version of that is an adding machine. Well, you know, like uh, at that casino near the uh, uh, Creation Museum? Yeah. You had the slot machines that where you could either push a button or you could pull a crank. The lever. Yeah, the lever. Mm-hmm. I would make a calculator like that right there. Like every time you wanted to clear it, you had to go... <laughs> And, you know, that's how you cleared it. I mean, that would be awesome. Just give that one to God and he could be up there like, yeah, you're fucked. See, but you liked playing the slot machines that had the button better than the ones that have the lever. See, I like the lever because I've been I've been I've I've played slots in my life before there were new ones with buttons to spin. (laughs) Well, no, I understand that. But. I don't know. It just seemed a whole lot easier just to hit a button rather than pull the lever when, I mean, you didn't need the lever there. I'm talking about there's no clear button or anything. I know. You I gotta got to have the crank. <laughs> got it. I got it. So that's all for today. Um, next week, we're going to go out. We're going to go over some purification stuff. We're going to talk about what to do after childbirth. Um, we're going to talk about how to cure leprosy. Ooh, I wonder if they're going to talk about eating the uh, placenta. Do they do that in Jew Jew stuff? I I don't I don't know. <laughs> they might cook it up I along with some probably, pita bread. They probably offer it. They probably like <laughs> offer it up and burn it. That's probably what they do. Um, we're gonna talk about um, we're gonna talk about bodily discharges. I mean, that's always fun to talk about. I mean, normally you do it with your doctor because that's like you know. Uh, P, uh, what is it called? Private health in, uh, information, PHI. <laughs> I don't know. So it's it's interesting because it's interesting because they have specific rules based on bodily emissions, like mm-hmm. and for women and for men. So for man dis- for men's discharge and for women's discharge, and we're going to talk about both of those. Oh, I wonder how they differ. <laughs> uh, do they put them in classes? I. <laughs> I don't think they have health class. Here's well, I mean, the, here's the class. good. Well, here's the good class of emission for women, and here's the good class of emission for men. <laughs> they call it the little holy juice. Um, we're going to talk about death and its association with sin. Um, we're going to talk about contact with dead bodies and purification and cleansing and things like that. So that's what we're going to go over next week. Well, awesome. I can't wait to talk about the discharges next week. Normally, we would talk to your doctor about it, but in either case, you can come to us and we we will tell you by Jew laws how you're supposed to handle that shit. Yep. So please join us next week for really bad health information. Yes. And until then, don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.